Welcome to the Prayers from Within podcast. A mission to inspire, equip, and unleash church planters and leaders to make and multiply disciples where they work and play. Now here's your host, Tom Perez. Good evening and welcome to another exciting episode of Prayers from Within podcast in conjunction with His Hands Radio Network. And today I want to speak to you about a four-letter word. It's called love. In 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 through 10, and I'm going to use the, the version of the Bible, the message. Uh, it reads, My beloved friends, let us continue to love each other since love comes from God. And everyone who loves is born of God and experiences a relationship with God. The person who refuses to love doesn't know the first thing about God because God is love. So you can't know him if you don't if you don't love. This is how God showed his love for us. God sent his only son into the world so we might live through him. This is the kind of love that we are talking about. Not that we once upon a time loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to clear away our sins and the damage they've done to our relationship with God. Hmm. No unconditional love. It only comes from God. And the love God offers is the only thing that can truly fill the void in our lives. You know that uh, I just know the, I know and feel like there's something missing in my life. You know that void that everybody has? But not everyone is willing to admit and while you might find temporary fulfillment of love through people and material things, there's no true fulfillment in life without the love of God. You can't earn it, you can't buy it, or you can't win it. But the good news is that He doesn't love you because of who you are anyway. I mean, think about it. At our best, our clothing are all filthy rags. And even if, even if He loves us because of who you are, and what we truly are, would he even want to love us at that point? Now, how many times have you heard people say, well, he's just not the man or the woman that I fell in love with and married? Well, chances are that he or she was always that person. They just saved the informal introduction for after the honeymoon. You see, God knows the real you before the relationship ever starts. And he loves and accepts you just the way you are for who you are. His love isn't based on our actions or deeds. Thank you, Jesus. And I say that he loves us because of who he is and not because of who we are. Now we can find sweet rest in that very fact that his love for us is based on his love alone and has nothing to do with us whatsoever. His love for us is what makes his grace towards us possible. God loved us long before we ever loved him. He loved us before we were ever even a thing at all. And nothing can ever change his mind about loving us. He's the only constant that we can depend on. His love never changes. Hallelujah. In Romans chapter 8 verses 38 through 39 out of the message, says, I am absolutely convinced that nothing 
nothing living or dead, angelic or demonic, today or tomorrow, high or low, thinkable or unthinkable, absolutely nothing can get between us and God's love because of the way that Jesus, our master, has embraced us. See, nothing can separate us from his love. God is omnipresent. He has already been everywhere time will ever be. That means his love goes everywhere that he goes. That's pretty awesome to think about, isn't it? That his love is already waiting for us to arrive everywhere, every moment we will ever be to enjoy today, tomorrow, and forever. And the amazing thing is that he already knows how we're going to respond and how we're going to act to every situation. And even knowing all that, he still says, my love for you is still bigger than that. Yes, God hates sin, but he loves the sinner. It's not conditional love the way the world loves. You know, shouldn't the church try to be the same way? You know, there was a stinky homeless guy that sat in front of a church holding up a sign. I'm hungry. Can I be fed? Well, he sat in front of five churches that said, all are welcomed. He did this five Sundays in a row at a different church every Sunday. And it wasn't until the fifth Sunday that someone walked up to him, shook his hands and said, I've got the perfect meal for you and welcomed him into the church. The man cried as he walked into the church. You see, he didn't want a handout. He had been through so much in his life that he knew there was only one way out. He wanted Jesus in his life. Now, looks can be deceiving, but only God knows what's going on in any situation. You remember that piece of scripture in Matthew 25, verses 34 through 40 in the NIV that says, Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father. Take your inheritance the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothing, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry, and fed you, or thirsty, and gave you something to drink? When did we see you as a stranger and invite you in or needing clothing and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison or go to visit you? The king will then reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Amen. No, religion, the religious side of it sometimes they seem to measure out God's love with a teaspoon, yet expect it in their lives by the truckload. No angels or demons can do anything about it to affect the availability of God's great love. Not even the world's sin, past and forevermore, is greater than the love and grace that God has provided for our forgiveness. They're all powerless to change his love. And once you truly grab a hold of his love, 
It drives them crazy because they know there's nothing that they can do to separate you from it. The accuser and his cronies, they've always known it. That's why they fight you so hard to keep you from realizing it. Because once someone finally makes that realization, their work is finished and they have to go. Romans chapter 5, verses 6 through 8 out of the message says, Christ arrives right on time to make this happen. He didn't and doesn't wait for us to get ready. He presented himself for this sacrificial death when we were far too weak and rebellious to do anything to get ourselves ready. And even if we hadn't been so weak, we wouldn't have known what to do anyway. We can understand someone dying for a person worth dying for, and we can understand how someone good and noble could inspire us to selfless sacrifice. But God put his love on the line for us by offering his son in sacrificial death while we were of no use whatsoever to him. Hmm. Now we can be and should be confident in the life that God has given us today. Not because we love him, but because our love is irrelevant, but because he loves us. That's where our confidence comes from, from his love for us. Here's something else to think about. And if we didn't do anything to earn God's love, that means that we don't need to live in fear of ever losing it either, like the accuser constantly would like us to believe. I wonder how many relationships are affected by the element of fear of being lost. You know, far too many relationships are conditional in nature. What can you do for me? How will this benefit me? How can I manipulate this sec uh, situation for my benefit? That's why the divorce rates in this world are at an all-time high. But Jesus knows everything about us, the past, the present, and the future. In other words, he has seen all of the ugly inside us, and he still loves us still. That fact alone is more than enough reason for his grace to be called amazing. You know, that's why there's complete rest in God's love. You don't have to act or pretend to be something or someone everyone will like. See, whether you have a felony or a PhD, God loves you. When it comes to God, you can be yourself, and he still loves you just the way you are. After all, he did make you, and there's no one who knows you better than God knows you. You don't have to change yourself before you come to know him, because once you come to know him, you're a new creation through Jesus Christ. And the change will come as you grow further in your relationship with him, because you know him without even trying. It's not about right living. It's all about right believing. It's not about what you're capable of, but it's about what he's capable of. You know, the word says it, but human nature has a hard time accepting the unending easiness of it. You know, the word says it's just can't be that easy. But God in his infinite wisdom designed it so it would be attainable so we could experience life the way that he intended. If it wasn't, would we ever even have a remote possibility of the love that God has for us? 
Now, there are a lot of people in this world. In fact, there are millions upon millions of people who have never experienced the love of God. But what they don't know is that even though they're not enjoying it, it doesn't change the fact that they still are loved by their Creator. And that God is patiently waiting to pour His love out on them the moment they become aware of His love. It's like having access to a bank account and you never have to check the balance on. And you'll always have plenty, more than enough to do whatever you want to do, anytime you want to do it. But yet you're living in poverty because you don't even know it. It's up to us to let them know about the abundance of God's love that he has for them. You know, the world around us will never know the love of God unless we share it with them. It's not enough that we know, but God expects us to bear fruit. And we should want to bear fruit, shouldn't we? Now, Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 through 19 of the message says, My response is to get down on my knees before the Father, this magnificent Father who partials out all heaven and earth. I ask him to strengthen you by his spirit, not a brute strength, but a glorious inner strength, that Christ will live in you as open the door. I'm sorry. That Christ will live in you as you open the door and invite him in. And I ask him that with both feet planted firmly on love, you'll be able to take in with all followers of Jesus the extravagant dimensions of Christ's love. Reach out and experience the breath. Take its length. Plumb the depths. Rise to the heights. Live full lives. Full in the fullness of God. Woo! Man, that's deep right there. But that was Paul's prayer. And it should be ours too as well. You know, we need to pray that the, the blinders would be removed from all who are blinded from knowing the truth about God's love in their lives. The world needs to know the amazing truth about God's love, even if you have nothing to offer him, even if you've never done anything to deserve it, even if you feel like you've ruined every opportunity that you will ever have to ever receive it and are not even worthy of it. It doesn't matter. God still takes great pleasure in you. You are his creation. You are his masterpiece. The love of God is like having access to the whole earth's fresh water drinking supply for a glass of water. That's how much value God puts on one person's worth. He's willing to give everything he has just for you. And he's not only willing, but he already did, as it says in John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And we'll probably never realize the true extent of his love for us until we get to heaven one day. But one thing we can be so thankful for here on earth is the fact that our name is covered by that word whosoever. Praise God. We do know that when they asked Jesus what the greatest commandment was, it was all about love. And it mentions that in Mark chapter 12, verses 29 through 31 out of the message. You know, Jesus said the first in importance is, listen, Israel, the Lord your God is one. So love the Lord with all your passion 
and prayer and intelligence and energy. And here is the second. Love others as well as you love yourself. There is no other commandment that ranks with these. So how will we win our friends, families, and neighbors to the Lord? Not by telling them what they need to do or telling them they need to do things differently in their lives and telling them they're doing things wrong, but by doing what Jesus said to do. Love others as well as you love yourself. This is how we can change the community that we live in. This is how we can change the country that we live in. And this is how we can change the world that we live in. It's a four-letter word that is divine at its best. And that word is love. L-O-V-E. Now, Dolly Madison, she was the wife of the fourth president of the United States. And she was one of the most popular women in American history. You know, wherever she went, she charmed and captivated everyone obscure and well-known, rich and poor, men and women alike. She was once asked to explain the secret of her power over others. Surprised by the questions, Madison explained, power over people? I have none. I desire none. I merely love everyone. And those who love are richly rewarded by love returned. You know, 1 John Chapter 4, verses 17 through 19 out of the New King James Version. It says, Love has been purified among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us now god wants us to rest assured in this life that he has given us there is nothing that's been left out he thought of everything we would ever need and included it with his love that he gave on calvary every promise that he ever made to us has been guaranteed by it the same love that he has for his own son. Because as he is, so are we in this world. He not only loved us enough to send his son to redeem us, but he loved us enough to give us access to everything Jesus has as well when we establish a relationship with him. And this is all made possible again by the finished work on Calvary. So my questions for you today. Or do you know him? Are you living in his extravagant love today? Isn't it about time you start if you're not?
time for us.